To all of our listeners, we want to preface that the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of us and our guests as individuals. The claims and statements do not reflect the opinions or views of the Florida State University Department of Art History or FSU as a whole. everybody and we're back with another episode of did you enjoy your visit podcast i'm olivia and i'm francesca and today we have a guest with us i'm so excited our first guest ever she's a phd student in the art history department at fsu and do you want to introduce yourself sure hi i'm Estefania. Um, Fran already introduced me. I am a PhD student at FSU, and I study um, what I like to say projections of blackness in space. So I work with murals and architecture and how they intersect, specifically on representations of black bodies and black culture in Puerto Rico. Awesome. And just for our viewers, can you give us like a little bit of background on how you came to this spot of getting your phd because there's a lot of steps in between to <laughs> yeah. just be yeah. like oh i'm gonna get my phd now you know what i mean yeah yeah well do you want me to start from like the beginning i guess yeah yeah, just, yeah, you got the, yeah. Like, like a summarized beginning summarized beginning yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um to be like on a radio stormy night <laughs> i was <laughs> no i'm i'm not gonna explain the weather and then right. how it led to my metamorphosis as an art historian no um so i started initially as a graphic designer that was my initial like push into the art realm Mm -hmm. and then i took an art history class and i got the highest grade in the entire like class and i was like i'm really good at this (laughs) and so i was like this is kind of fun i can just sit here and talk about art and history and culture and how it all affects each other and was this an undergrad this was an undergrad okay Mm -hmm. and then i said i know i don't know i i come from like an immigrant-esque family household Mm -hmm. and like when you have when you do something that's artistically like inclined you actually have to have a plan yeah and so i knew that when i switched to art history i was like i have to tell my dad like hey, I know where I'm doing, I know where I'm going. So I was like, okay, I'm doing PhD. My freshman year, I decided I'm doing PhD, all the way to PhD. Mm. Um, so That's so early. I knew I wow. wanted to work with art history, and I knew I wanted to, to change the field mm-hmm. and yeah. also to be what I haven't seen. A lot of... I saw a tweet, and it was a Dominican scholar who had a, another Dominican student come up to her and be like, you're the first Dominican person I've seen wow. with a PhD. Mm. And there's a lot of Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. with PhDs, but a lot of them look whiter, mm-hmm. and I look mixed. So it's mm-hmm. just, it, I think that having me in that position will help other people feel comfortable. Absolutely. So, so would you say that your heritage and like your life story um, has been incorporated into what you're doing in your PhD program? Definitely, definitely. I didn't, um, 
it's really weird because I am lighter skinned and I have like 3C hair, mm-hmm. which is not as like coily as mm-hmm. usual, like darker mm-hmm. skinned black people have. Mm-hmm. So I, my mom always told me like, you're white. My mom is a black woman. Right. And so I'd be like, am I? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't be treated like one here in the States. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's really interesting. It wasn't until college that I started saying, yeah, I'm black. Really? Yeah. Wow. It wasn't until college till I started saying, yeah, I'm black, and I'm very proud of it, because it's like, people would come up to me, and they're like, Stephanie is a really weird name for a black girl. And I would be like, oh, I'm Puerto Rican. And they're like, no, you're not. Really? Yeah. Mm. People would, like, really question my identity and my heritage. So for a period of time, I went by Nia instead of a Stephania. There's a couple times you've inter- you know you've introduced yourself as Nia in front yeah. of me, yeah. I do that because sometimes it's like a lot easier, but mm. other times when I'm like around black people, I'm like you're like don't feel uncomfortable around me. Yeah. Right. I do sound white, but I'm not I I have experienced the bad sides of being a a person of color and yeah. a person of black descent. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. My heritage does affect a lot of my, what I do. And a lot of what I do is also for my mother. My mother has always been very proudfully black mm-hmm. since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, in an area and in a social standing that wasn't welcoming for her to be so proud of her being black. Mm-hmm. And so I've just, I do this for my mom. I do this for me. I do this for my sister who looks darker skinned and more phen- like it sucks to say it but more phenotypically black mm-hmm. so I do this for my family really as well it's not just for my own heritage I do it because I think there needs to be black people talking about black history and there needs to be black Puerto Ricans talking about black Puerto Rican history mm-hmm. absolutely so um, that really I feel like what you were talking about really had to do with what you were focusing on in our class together, in our spatial analysis class. Mm-hmm. Are you continuing to work on the same piece for your PhD? Yes, that's actually my dissertation. Uh, it, it's I, I'm lazy, so <laughs> I. You're really not. You're really not. You're um, really not. A I, like to, I like. Look, is this my call? I, I like the record to show that um, <laughs> Stephanie is really a, a published uh, author. Right? I'm not published yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you are. You're wor- you're, you're you're gonna be there. You're, you're gonna be. You're there. in the works. Um, artist as well. Your work, yes. Yeah. So you're basically a triple threat at this point. You know. Sure. Yes. I don't know. You are. I, I, you are. I, once I have a PhD, then I'll I'll be like, okay, <clears throat> I got all of this. But to that time, I still consider myself a student of every realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I think there's a lot of power in considering yourself a student. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so were, talk about the uh, the paper you did. Yeah, for spatial yeah. Well, and the, then, it's more yeah. the piece. Yeah, that you're doing yes, your dissertation. Uh-huh. Um, so there's an artist. Her name is Damaris Cruz, and I am like mutuals with her on Instagram. Ooh. And um, she does this, these beautiful works where it's just black women projected on um, colonial buildings. So Puerto Rico is double colonized. It used to be a Spanish colony, and then it's a U.S. colony right now. 
And what she does is that she finds buildings that were from the Spanish colonial time or early U.S. colonial time. And she projects images of black women doing everyday things. So they can be ironing clothes, drinking coffee, doing their hair, talking to children. But it's all centered around black women like living life and consuming and taking this space, mm-hmm. uh, this public space. And it's a lot of times in areas like near the plaza, which is like the center square mm-hmm. of uh, a Spanish colonial town that was actually predominantly white in the in the time that it was colonized by the Spanish. Mm-hmm. So she's also making space for black history to be recognized in a predominantly white space. Mm. Um, and so the piece that I'm working on is of one in Ponce, Puerto Rico, and it's uh, an old house that doesn't exist anymore, and it's called uh, Recolectando la Semilla, and it's recollecting the seeds, and it's talking about history and memory and acknowledging that black people built Puerto Rico alongside our Taino brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and acknowledging that it was also black women that built the city of Ponce. Ponce was a city that was... Um, it made its wealth purely through slavery and mm. commerce. Like, that city boomed because of that. It's very similar to Mississippi. Now it's decrepit, mm. it's falling apart, mm. but there's still a lot of, like, people of color and black people that live there. And so it's it's really just a work that engages with so many things. It engages with spatial analysis, it engages with heritage, it engages with recognition of blackness and black memory, it has a smiling black woman mm-hmm. picking seeds and it also um, centers around black joy, black female joy. So it it's a really strong piece. Um, it doesn't exist anymore, but I have as much documentation of it as I possibly can. I even asked her. So if, if you don't mind me asking, like, why was the why was the building taken or the home torn down? So the reason that the the it was just earthquakes and hurricanes. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Puerto Rico has like really terrible situations when it comes to economy, mm-hmm. and that's just a part of colonialism. Mm-hmm. And um, the funds weren't being ta- <clears throat> like the funds weren't being directed to help preserve these buildings. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Hurricane Maria hit, it washed it down, made it into barely anything. And then when an earthquake hit, two years later. It crumbled down. Okay. Wow. So. Wow. Well, on the topic of um, colonialism, I know you and Francesca went to um, Washington, D.C. to go to the uh, National Gallery. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess you can Yeah. I I unfortunately was not on that trip. Yeah. I wish you were. I know. I do, too. I do, too. I feel like I saw a lot. <laughs> well, I remember a part of the conversation that we had, we were really surprised by how... Or not, I don't know if surprise is even the word, but taken aback by the difference between... We were... The the modern, quote-unquote, modern art museum and then, like, the other side mm-hmm. of the National Gallery that was basically all colonial portraits in this... I, was it the east was it the east wing i don't i remember. believe it was the east wing it's a more like traditional art yeah quote-unquote traditional art and i feel like these types of dynamics of we talked a little bit about like oh wow the 
just like the colonialist agenda in how museums operate is really prevalent in this space even more so than the more contemporary side of the museum and I was and I think that ties a lot into some of the things that you're talking about and like the themes that exist in what you're doing so I was wondering what um what what have you recognized as problems colonial colonialist problems in our discipline not only from a museum standpoint but also in what you're trying to fix in terms of like what you're doing in your PhD a lot of the same people with like strong means of income doing things like they have been done in the past mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking about that museum and the th- first thing that comes to mind is that there's an image near the back corner back left corner of the building and it's an image of Washington George Washington and his family and then behind him is like a looming figure of an enslaved man yeah and I, I just there that. was no plaque oh, that wow. acknowledged that this is an oh, enslaved yeah. man <laughs> wow um, that that he was owned by George Washington, that George Washington had slave teeth. Like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's total erasure. It was complete erasure, and the image signifies the erasure. And then there was another one right across from it that had the Congress. It had a, a depiction of the inside of Congress. And there was, in the corner, also looming, like a shadow, was an indigenous, like, chief. Mm-hmm. And you could tell he was a chief because of his attire and his regalia. Mm-hmm. But part of me was like, how much of this is fetishization? Mm-hmm. How much is this going to acknowledge that we're on indigenous land? Absolutely. Um, how much is even real? How, how much was... How much? Why include? Like, if yeah. you want to project yeah. whiteness, like, why are they including... The, this was done in, like, 1700s. Of course. <laughs> but, like, these paintings were done in the 1700s or 1800s. But it's like they're they're including these figures for a reason. They're including it to project whiteness and the fact that there was not even a plaque acknowledging like, hey, this shit is racist. Can I cuss? I'm sorry. Yeah, you're. you're it's okay. You're safe space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, 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 like to not acknowledge like, hey, these are people and these are people that built this nation. Like, it's on the backs of these people that this nation was literally built and some of these buildings were even built. Mm-hmm. So it was just it was just frustrating, and then going to the nice like contemporary one where they were doing all the work, mm-hmm. I could tell that they had people that were, for lack of a better term, like diversity hires, mm-hmm. yeah. is what I could assume they were. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just because this is like a very like bold and very generalized. I I haven't done as much research as I should, so this is just a lot of museums did in fact do diversity hires after BLM after the George Floyd 100 murder. 100% 100% mm-hmm. and I was just like mm, mm. <laughs> you can tell it's a little bit like it's a performative it's yeah, very performative yeah. and so it's like the museum did a lot of work that was like really good it did the plaques that they had to do they had a whole section of the gallery dedicated to um, the history and the preservation and the significance of South african-american um quilt making Mm -hmm. and i was like this is great this is phenomenal i love this yeah that i was very proud of but like i'm very very happy that they did that but when i went to the more traditional quote-unquote traditional 
building it was just nothing but just like it's something that like someone with like a Sofia Coppola dress could like <laughs> just run through and look like <laughs> fluffy and pretty oh and, my like, gosh yeah and mind you like the building itself there were fountains there was a garden which is great the building fine it's like if you think about it you can incorporate so much stuff with like water you can incorporate stuff with like that's fine was it accessible because they have like steps up and steps down absolutely not that's another thing that I, i kept thinking was like a lot of these buildings like this building isn't accessible there's like steps that you have to take for just to enter one right. gallery and then go to another one and then be like random little like like I'm thinking if someone had a wheelchair they How wouldn't difficult. be able to go they up they couldn't go wow. yeah mm-hmm. so I was just like this isn't as like good as the other one and so uh, it just it was just really frustrating and I think it's just a lot of the same people I had this conversation with a professor of mine because I, I had a situation at a conference and I was like this is frustrating this is why are people not asking the right questions not doing the right things and my professor who's a white Hispanic person said well frankly they're never going to think of it like you are because mm-hmm. you're thinking of it from a black perspective yeah. a black yeah. female perspective Yeah. and so you're going to ask those questions pertaining to black female perspective because mm-hmm. you know how it's like And and she said it just takes the right people to do the right questions and sometimes when it's the same people doing the same questions they're never going to ask them yeah mm-hmm. so that's the thing is like we have to di- like I feel like a lot of places are diversifying so that they can look good but they're not necessarily understanding that diversity and inclusion and equity is important to the decolonize museums to decolonize the practice to to expand knowledge like that's how we become better scholars how we become better thinkers how we become critical thinkers absolutely it's through diversity of of people and that doesn't just mean color or culture it means also people with disabilities absolutely. visible or invisible mm-hmm. i 100 percent agree yeah and i 100 percent agree with you that the Museum. I, I actually don't think that either parts of the museum was very accessible for people that are disabled in mm-hmm. any way. Like, there, because I don't know if you like the sta- even the amount of stairs that you had to climb to go to the second floor and like. They had an elevator. That, yeah. Did they have an elevator? They had an elevator. They had okay. two or three elevators there. Well, at least there's that. They did also have a sitting station. They did. They, they did also. It. Yes. You know they actually, I, would, I take that yeah. back. I do take that back. I would. They need to have more seating areas in all the museums because museums are really just like a walking marathon. And I'm like, I'm and always get tired. I'm always yeah. looking for the nearest bench. Yeah. I get tired. Mm-hmm. And they never have enough museums. You need to have more benches. And they actually yours. really do. They actually really do. They really benches do. are places for, where people can just rest, or even just rest just and sit look. and look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's, I feel like it's different where you can just actually sit and take in something, as opposed to like you're walking past it. You know. Yeah. It does something different. This is from my artistic side. It does something different when you're able to like actually sit and ingest it, yeah. rather just like passing Walk by it. You, you appreciate know, it more too. You, you appreciate what you're looking at more too. When you're walking past, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I and with the point on like the the water and like incorporating, incorporating. I I felt 
The only thing with the National Gallery was that I felt frustrated that all of those different types of architectural, like, designs were incorporated into that part of the museum. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so many grand, like like marble all over the walls like huge columns and all of these different and I didn't even get a quarter through the galleries like I went into two of them yeah I was like wow this is really colonial and then I stepped the fuck out I think um, we left together I think we, were like, <laughs> we, did, we, did, we did together I was like I'm done are you done let's go um I think I, and also like columns represent like a very colonial representation because they're rethinking like what the Greeks and like the Romans Greek, classical did, the Greek great classical thinkers. But so hey. funny you say that, but then, like, water, I feel like water, to me personally, I feel like water doesn't have colonial type. At least, like, I've seen it so much in, like, African mm-hmm. works of art, especially Caribbean, because we have such a strong tie to the water. I always feel at peace when I'm at the water. It's so weird. But it's different when it's, like, Kinda free water. Yeah, and then, yes. just, and then like, and a, then a fountain that has fountain a little... Fountain with a cherub. <laughs> That's exactly what oh, I was going to say. Was a, it was one of those It was a, it was yeah. a marble, marble, multiple a, marble fountains with a little a naked ref- baby with wings. Not a reflecting like, pool situation. No, it wasn't a reflecting pool. It wasn't. The African Museum of Art in Washington, D.C., we went there with yes. Dr. Bick, and yeah. I I loved it. And I, I loved was like, it this too. was great. They had a fountain there, too, but mm-hmm. it was out of service. But I could see they had Mami Wata like oh. figures and art represented around it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain who that is? For yeah. Mama Wata is like a syncretic figure, um, predominantly in West Africa, and it's kind of adopted for Yemaya, who is an Orisha from the Yoruba religious spiritive, but it's also more of a figure that talks about, um, like, don't... I'm getting a call. Um, that's more about like don't go into the water be very careful with what you do be very it's like a temptress so it's a syncretic uh, syncretist I mean um, figure that represents the good and the bad and the temptation like it's mostly towards men like don't tempt into the water right it's like a siren um, like a thank traditional you, yeah, siren yeah, yeah thank you yeah mm-hmm so I don't know. I thought I thought that like including Mama Wata and then having water and the blues and the color, like that's another thing. Museums that like are just white. I'm like, okay, this is great, but like, where's the flavor? Yeah, exactly. Like, do it it's softly. Food. Where's the flavor? <laughs> where's the seasoning? Where's the Lowry's, if you will? Where's like the turmeric? Like I understand. Turmeric. Shout out to turmeric. Mm-hmm. Shout out to cu- uh, curry. I made some yesterday. It was fire. It was fire. Thank you. (laughs) Well, and also something else that I really appreciated too was like they had um, different item like items like that were cultural property of somewhere that that they were working on repatriating them back to. That was awesome. That was I'd never seen that before. And I was like, they had a little picture of the item and Uh then a description of where it was from and describe the work that they're doing and the research that they're doing to repatriate the items back to where they came from mm-hmm. or which, that they were already back where it was where it belonged oh, yeah wow. yeah which i i'd never seen before that's really cool i liked that i was like this is sexy this is yes great. yes yeah. uh 
it was it was really nice to see see that was a really I wish it had more funding I could tell it had very few funding I could tell too mm-hmm. yeah they had a lot of different parts of the museums of the museum that was like closed off or like under you know construction yeah under construction development and then like the gift shop should have been bigger like that's another thing I was like I need more things in here um it was amazing oh yeah the gift shop was amazing too and you could tell like and I feel like this is also a really important part like making sure that your gift shop quote-unquote is like giving back to the communities mm-hmm. that are creating the things that you're selling you know mm-hmm. what I mean which I thought was really cool. I know the NMAI the National Museum of the American Indian um does that where it's like all nothing but like indigenous creatives and their mm-hmm. work and what they make and, yeah and yeah. it goes straight to them that's awesome mm-hmm. um it's a gigantic it's like rightfully so a gigantic gift shop yeah 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 that's awesome so i my question to you is if you is somebody from the national gallery called you up tomorrow and was like hey Stephanie, we need you to redesign this whole wing of this colonial side of the whole wing how would you do that what would that look like I think there's actually a scholar or a museum curator that did something that was really cool. I can't recall their name at the time. But it, I took it when I... Uh, decolonizing museums. I took that course in my master's. And I remember seeing what she did. Uh, the museum curator, what she did. And what she did is that she made plaques that said, this person was a slave owner. This person earned their wealth through the enslavement of other people mm-hmm. this are like they made it clear mm-hmm. that in these beautiful portraits of white people they were like they have blood on their hands Absolutely. yeah and yeah. but they did it yeah. in such a like subtle way where it's like you can still see a beautifully made painting you can still have it in a, a nice fancy looking gallery but you still had to acknowledge at least mm-hmm. the bare minimum mm-hmm. that these individuals and these figures and even those that could afford to have portraits made Yes. Could afford portraitures because yeah. of the enslavement of other people and the commerce that they made through those bodies. Mm-hmm. So I would do something like that. I would just put plaques. I would put other images to counteract that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to separate modern and or contemporary and From, modern. Yeah. And like, we don't yeah. have to separate. There can be conversations. Yes. History isn't chronological Absolutely. for a lot of cultures. Mm-hmm. If you want to decolonize it, we also have to think about how we think of history. Mm-hmm. A lot of African and indigenous and non-European centered um, societies and cultures and communities think of things in like hubs and bubbles and like floating orbs. They That's think of so it- interesting you say history is not chronological because that's how we were taught in school like everything happened that's how colonialism operates that's so it's like interesting that you said i've never heard that yeah thinking about time as linear is a huge part of it and i think that that's a really creative way to change to spark change or reframe even like Mm -hmm. how the public is educated on these history on these difficult histories and also uh, but it also like placing things in conjunction with each other from different time periods allows people to reflect on pa- like the past in a different way. Exactly. That connects more mm-hmm. to the present. So would you have just like hubs of time? I would have hubs yeah. of like conversations. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So like what kind of conversation I would have trigger warnings as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um 
I think those are very important. I would make it more accessible. I would have ramps. I would yeah. have um, lighting properly like did, made. I I'm not much into museums. I'm more of the art history yeah right basis. But I would just have it better than what it is right now. And like trigger warnings, have plaques that include the history, the hard histories. Of course, done in a way that it's accessible and and understandable but still like holds the gravity of the of what's going on absolutely but i would have conversations so like don't just have a whole room with nothing but like slave owners absolutely maybe have figures or artists that are rebelling against these portraitures that are having conversations against these figures because they kind of did that at the jacks at the cumber museum they did actually yes they had like you know that same thing that you're talking about like a they literally had a George Washington portrait but it was next to this other portrait that was done by um uh, a, a black artist and, right. and they were like next to each other you could see and they had the wall text in between that kind of talked about that conversation mm-hmm. that's going on between each other and I mean, I'll make it known on this podcast. I would love to work for the comer just because we met the director. The director is great. Yes, director is great. Um, uh, yeah, but thank you, uh, Stephanie. Do you have anything you, have any, yeah. you want to leave our listeners with? Um, like any? Hear about? So how about this? Since, because, what would you give? Um, like a younger you know ambitious girl that kind of looks like you that wants to be in this field but is like hesitant Um, what advice would you give i would say do it do what you feel passionate and strong about your passion is your biggest skill set and it's gonna be hard a lot of people are gonna try and push you down yes and try and get in your way Mm -hmm. or tell you you're not good enough (laughs) um but you know you're doing this not just for you but you're doing this for your community right so remember yeah. that you have your community to rely on as well that was amazing that was so beautiful amazing said. this is why she's an artist as well yes <laughs> she's Louise oh my gosh well guys uh, we hoped you enjoyed this uh, episode thank you so much to Stephanie and thank to you. being our first guest actually First, yes. yes, your first guest. And yes, thank you so yes. much. Oh I'm my honored. gosh, yes. amazing! And uh, we hope you, you enjoyed enjoy your visit. visit. And yes. if you did it, well, maybe next time. Thank you. <laughs>